No Thank You Next. I'm Megan, and I talk about true crime stories that happen while dating. And I'm Rachel. I talk about true crime stories that happen while married. Hello. Hi, guys. It's been a minute. It has been a minute for us, for sure. It's been weeks. Weeks. Yes. It really has. The episode that you heard two weeks ago, we recorded... A month and a half. Two weeks ago? before that. Yeah. Maybe it was that. Was it that long? I don't think it was that long ago. It was like a month. Jesus. Because it was before yeah. you got hurt. And it's been a month Ugh. since you got hurt. Yeah. Speaking of why we took a break. Yes, exactly. Sorry, everybody. Um, yeah, I am too old to jump on trampolines. I learned that the hard way. Um it was unfortunate. It was like it was like a fluke. Like it, it could have happened to anybody. I'm actually glad that it happened to me and not any of the girls that I was jumping on the trampoline with. Like I would mm-hmm. rather the pain be me instead of them. You know what I mean? It's very you're like nice that type, you're like, <laughs> no, when I broke my ankle, I was like, why me? <laughs> Anyone else who wants it? Oh, wow. I wish I didn't, but yeah. So if it's been, it's been, uh, um, a month since I injured my knee, I, I strained, I pulled, I tore, I did something to it. Um, but my doctor doesn't know what it is until I get an MRI scan. And that is taking weeks. I had to wait weeks for insurance approval to go get one. And now I have to wait for time slots to open up with the imaging centers in order to get a scan of my knee and figure out what's wrong with me. And then we can talk about if I have to have surgery or not, which I'm think I do because my situation is not getting any better. Um, I have a knee brace. I have crutches if I need them, which I've been able to walk without them as long as I like take my time and I'm not too crazy, but why would I be? I'm like so terrified that my knee is going to like slip out of joint and just like I collapse. It's like Worst case scenario. It's like the intrusive thoughts of like, what's actually going to happen to my knee. It's just like, Oh, you don't want to do it. Yeah. Oh, oh, I don't want that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so I'm just being really careful. Uh, my husband is like constantly telling me like, go sit down. Like you don't need to be doing the dishes. Yeah. I will do them. Go sit down. That's he's like, so you don't need though. to do this. Yeah. So he's been like cooking for me. Um, I got a refill on my anti-inflammatories cause my knee strain gets pretty bad if I've been like mm. walking around for too much. Yeah. Um, so he'll make sure like, did you take your pain medication or like, it's not pain medication, but he's like, did you take yeah. the anti-inflammatory today? Like, did you take it this morning? Did you take it tonight? Did you already eat? Let me make you some food so you can go ahead and eat it. Like he, he's on top of That's it. So, so he's, good. He's, yeah. He's helping me a lot. And like, Sam's good about it too. Like she is kind of like, I wish we could go for like walks and I wish like we could go here. I'm like, I wish we could too. Like, I hate not being able to move around. Like, I didn't realize how much of like a. I don't, I'm a mobile person. I am. I don't know. I just, I'm not one of those people that likes, likes to sit still. I enjoy no. my lazy days. I no. enjoy, but when it's your choice, watch, yes. But when it's like, oh, you when have it, to stay off yeah. of it. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, but do I, Yeah. <laughs> can I get yeah. away with like doing a little too much? You will never no. take it for granted again, ever, never, yeah. never. My, my ankle business happened. I truly, it was just like, Oh, I can't do stairs. Oh, 
you need yes. to shower. Oh, oh my you need god! Your legs for everything. <laughs> like, I know. I was really so dumb, pissed. Be- no, because before I went to the doctor it. and got crutches. Yeah, and I was like hobbling around the house. I was using Mike to help me up everywhere. I was like butt scooting to get up the stairs, and then like trying to figure out how to like sit down and butt scoot down the stairs. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a step to get into my shower, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, there's no way to get in my house without going up steps. Yeah, and I can't take a shower without going up a step. I was like, what the fuck, dude? I didn't realize like how. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize, did not realize until I got hurt. I'm like, I can't fucking do anything. I can't go in the garage to go get anything. I can't go in the backyard because there's a step. Like there's a yeah. there's steps everywhere. It's my fucking nightmare. Yeah. yeah. When I broke my wrist, it wasn't so bad because at least I had both my legs. But yeah, you could drive. Yeah, exactly. And at least it's my left knee and not my right dominant knee. Yeah. So if like I want to like pop into like a store really quick, if I need to drive That's somewhere, good. I can. I but, did learn to yeah, drive with my left leg. That's terrifying. I feel like I would immediately <laughs> yeah. like forget the go pedal and the stop pedal. I would get them confused and just crash my car. <laughs> yeah, I did. I learned quite quickly to learn because mm. I I couldn't not drive like that. No, it's terrible to me. I needed some mobility. So mm-hmm. yeah, but when you are in desperate times, you will figure it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm just glad that I have someone here to help me. Like even Sam, she's so cute. She'll just like, if I like get up to like go to the bathroom or something, she'll get up and she's like, hold my hand. I'll help you walk. Like I don't need her help, but I don't tell her that because it's just so sweet that she's like, mom, I'll hold your hand. I'll help you hold my hand while we go down the stairs. Okay. Okay. Like take her with you down. I just imagine you falling at her just like whipping in the air. She's like a little rag doll, man. She's small. <laughs> so terrible, but I just imagine <laughs> just flying through the air. <laughs> Track her down the stairs. Oh my god. She's like, I got you, don't worry. Just shake yeah. <laughs> funny though I don't I'm oh, just so don't worry sweet. guys I'm careful but yeah she's so <laughs> sweet <laughs> you're really taking her down the stairs <laughs> yes absolutely That's like good. you sure you want to do this kid I don't know I'm like holding on to the handrail just in case anything happens <laughs> gripping, it. <laughs> gripping it yeah <laughs> oh my god just in case can't be too wow. careful oh my god yeah it's that. That's, That's it, it. Well, well, you'll have to keep us posted on what the heck happens. I will, for sure. We just need universal health care. We just need to go to a location and get the thing and not fucking need (sighs) a post here and there and then lazy ass doctors that aren't doing their jobs. It's just like, can we please? Can we please? (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. So Anywho, that's my, so, that's my new story stuff. Yes. So since that's I haven't guys. talked to you guys and I haven't talked to Rachel in weeks, we, this is actually our first real catch up guys. Like you're absolutely in a real mm-hmm. catch up. Like we haven't talked about the possibility of Sam flying in the air. <laughs> like a rag doll. You're here. That was organic. <laughs> that was organic. You are here for it. Mm-hmm. So speaking of things, for some reason over the last month, Vince will say things so honestly. (laughs) 
And then I am like, have you seen that movie? Have you seen that video? And he's like, no, what? But the thing is, he hasn't seen a lot of things that I think, like he's a bit older than me. So I'm going to share with you guys because I need to tell someone, you know? (laughs) So... (laughs) So for whatever reason, I was... I was, we were going to bed and Fitz just looked at me and said, you look like Danny DeVito. (laughs) (laughs) One, I laugh so hard because he's such a theme of our podcast. Absolutely. And then I silently (laughs) said to myself, Danny DeVito, I love your work. never seen mean girls i know he won't ever he's such a no he needs to boomer sometimes but (laughs) but truly it made me laugh so hard and i had no idea why for whatever reason that day and then he (laughs) we're watching i don't know what but he looked at me and said (laughs) Oh no, I think he was talking about his, I don't know, a, a th- like pets we had as kids, maybe. And then he looked at me and said, I like turtles. <laughs> I laughed for at least 10 minutes. And he said, Why are you laughing? What do you mean? The freaking kid. Oh my god. So then I made him watch the video of the kid with the black eyes. Yes. That goes to the news anchors. I like turtles. (laughs) With his little baby speech impediment. Yes. He kind of got it after that, but it was a moment where like I needed someone who already had seen it to be there because he was saying it so honestly. <laughs> <laughs> also, You're the like, Danny DeVito oh. thing, I think I was making a weird face at him. I think I remember. Okay. That. Like, I was, like, making weird faces at him. Because you don't, like, like just look no, like Danny DeVito. I don't want you to think no. that he puts me down like that. No. On a normal basis, I don't look like Danny DeVito. No, no. Like, she's what very pretty. Thank you. Thank you. Danny DeVito I love your work work. oh Oh, that's like one of the best parts of that movie too they're so Mm -hmm. good Mm -hmm. (sighs) anywho oh my gosh Um, so I did want to do a quick recommendation we have other recommendations but we'll handle those next week Mm -hmm. Um, but because this is so timely this episode of this podcast so I think I've talked about um radio rental on our podcast before you absolutely have yeah and so it's been gone for a really long time like they've been working on a new season of the show for quite some time and the new season actually isn't even coming out till October but because it's been so long they released an episode today that was like to keep you like I don't know intrigued in the show yeah exactly engaged in the meantime and so truly it was the most 
heartbreaking story I have ever heard. Really? Yes. Like, so every episode is usually pretty like fun, like in the sense of like, this happened, it's quirky, it's so weird and abnormal. But this was just like, I would describe this story like this guy could have told this story um, on the podcast. Let me find it. By the way, iTunes updated their platform for podcasts and I fucking hate it. Like, I don't know if you guys do too, but also we can start charging for our podcast on iTunes. We won't, guys. Don't worry. Because we have nothing else to give you at this time. (laughs) We have no exclusives. Um, the show this is actually happening where people tell stories that are really like heartfelt and deep and sad I feel like this guy could have told his story but um but basically like it started off as like this story about a guy who was a um uh not a hearse driver but he worked for a um a uh, what's it called where people go when they die um like a morgue uh, yeah he worked for like a morgue or whatever he picked up bodies from the hospital and took them oh okay and okay if you guys don't want are you gonna listen to it rage uh i mean it's, i'm already intrigued like i feel like i will but you can tell me i'll still listen to it okay so if you guys don't want spoilers skip ahead until i don't know what because I, I don't know how long it's going to take to tell the story, but just <laughs> skip ahead, go back if you get too far. I don't know to tell you. Basically, this guy, he works for this, what is it? It's a funeral home. He works for a funeral home. Okay. And he is in charge of getting the bodies from the hospital and taking them to the funeral home. So he goes and he gets, he gets to the hospital and it's this young guy. And when he sees him, he notices that he just has a lot of color. Like usually when he picks up bodies, they're very cold and pale. But Mm -hmm. he noticed that the body was warm to the touch and wasn't very pale. And he's just like, so weirded out. And he's like, whatever. So he takes the body, puts it in the hearse and he hears like a banging noise. And right, we're thinking, you're in this story with me, right? I'm like, this is so crazy. This guy's gonna be have a fucking live body. Mm-hmm. So he goes to this the whatchamacallit, the funeral home, and he's only been working there for five years. And he's never had anything like this happen. So he's like, I'm gonna get a second opinion. There's a woman that was a receptionist for the funeral home, had worked there for like 30, 40 years or something. And so she gets a stethoscope. And she listens to his heart and she says, yeah, he is really warm. That's very weird, but I don't know. I feel like you're like making me think I'm hearing things. Maybe it's my own heartbeat. If I hear anything, it's really, really faint. So he's like, okay. So they call his, he calls his boss and his boss is like, listen, the wife is demanding that we have him cremated by tomorrow. He's out of town. Both of them are out of town. They need, they're leaving tomorrow morning. And she needs it done tonight. It was a Friday night. So he's like, oh, God, like, it's his job, right? Like, what are you going to do? So he's, like, driving. He puts the body back in. He puts the body into, like, a crate that they put the bodies in to take it to get cremated. 
Mm-hmm. And he's like, on the cremation uh, location is like 25 minutes away. And he's driving with the body in the back and he hears a huge bang. So he's like, he like pulls over and he like waits to see if he hears anything else, nothing else. So he makes it to the crematorium and the body had fallen over and there was absolutely no way that this body could have fallen over. Like he said, he stuck him in there sitting up position And by Mm -hmm. the time he got there, he was laying on his side. And there was, he was like, I wasn't driving quickly. I wasn't driving any way that would have like moved the body. Mm -hmm. So he's really freaked out at this point. And he's like, I need to get a second, another opinion, a third opinion. So he asked the crematorium, the man that runs the crematorium to get, to see if he can check. So he does. And he also hears a faint sound now this body has been with him for over an hour and Mm -hmm. it's still warm and he he the man gets a stethoscope here's the heart and he's like yeah i hear something faint but i honestly think you're just like getting in my head i'm freaking out like i'm really freaked out that you are like getting in my head and so he's like let's call your boss and let's just like double check what they want to do because this is i personally like the crematoria guy like was like i also have never had this happen Mm -hmm. so they call the boss again he is adamant he knows it's a very small town so he's like i'm already working on the death certificate with a doctor that's a local doctor and we're gonna get this done tonight and it was a friday night he's just like okay so he decides to cremate the man and sits there in front of the cremation the whole thing Mm -hmm. for two hours as the body cremates and he takes the body back to the uh, funeral home and he it's just like so fucked up all weekend just like so messed up just so like he's like I didn't want to make a decision that I would regret later like Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to do but I hadn't been there that long and my boss was telling me to do this right and so he gets there on Monday the body had not been picked up so he puts he puts it on his desk he gets all the paperwork ready like he's like making sure and he sits there in front of the cameras because basically they had been trying to call her all weekend and they hadn't gotten a hold of her so like maybe she's mm-hmm. really upset and she's with family like that happens like of course right but she was so adamant that it needed to be done that night so every time he would go out into the lobby because he's watching the cameras trying to make sure that he's like right there like to meet the wife or whoever's picking this guy up and he all day every person that came in wasn't for him and then it was a week later and he still wasn't picked up a month went by and he still wasn't picked up he said that it went by for like i don't know how long it was but he was never ever picked up they never got a hold of this woman and he felt that she did something to him and he was in a coma 
mm-hmm. and he thought he in his mind felt like he killed her it killed him oh and God. he had to quit he never worked in that industry ever again he had to quit right there after like that body was never picked up right can like that's the so sad break i feel for this man that like to live with a decision Mm-hmm. I felt so sorry for him to live with this guilt. Mm-hmm. Like it was, I honestly like at the beginning of the story, right? You're just like, it's going to be this quirky thing where this guy like woke up and like, right. thank God he woke up. And then to ha- to hear that ending, I was just like, I literally sat in silence in my car for like oh, 15 man. minutes as I was driving, just like thinking about it because the story after it was just so fucking stupid that I was like, we should have played that first. <laughs> like it was two stories mm-hmm. in the episode, but it was yeah. just so heavy. And <clears throat> it just really reminded me of like our podcast in a sense of like, there are so many evil people out there. And for his wife to push so hard for him to be cremated, and then to turn around and never pick up his body. That right there will tell you that like she did and something shady or was involved in something shady and was like, he needs to be cremated cre- right now because we, we can't say, have you figure out what happened. Exactly. And we always say cremation is your number one, like people that don't and did something bad. That's mm-hmm. when you get a hiccup. But yeah, he was like, cremation is so finite. Like it's so like final that like, if at least he had been buried, there would have been an autopsy and we could have found out what she did. But because- even before, like, I would think that if you're sorry to interrupt, do- but like, no, when a doctor like takes a yes. look at the body and checks, like normally it's like, okay, we have to perform an autopsy in order to find the cause of death, especially if the man wasn't very old, you want to know what the cause of death is. Yeah. But I understand that some people, well, I guess an autopsy is different than like organ donating because I don't know. The, there's a percentage of people who believe like you won't get to your kingdom oh, if you don't have right, all your right. parts and pieces. So some people yeah. don't want to be um, donors or have right. them their bodies disturbed in a way yeah. to make it seem like what yeah. they could take something out and just not say anything. I mean, I doubt that's the case most most times, but at least yeah. an autopsy, you'd be able to get in there and see what was going on. And then it would be like, for sure, this person died Yeah, there's died crystals on his liver or whatever. Like there's that something. shit that's like yeah. poison. Yeah. But if she was like, no autopsy, cremate like, him now. Then it's like, to me, no, it's a red flag. I was thinking immediately, like as, so I was thinking, cause of course I sat in silence for so long. I was mm-hmm. thinking to myself, like as a funeral director, is it that you're in this headspace of, being so understanding because you work in a specific field that like you're not a detective right you're not just like this right. is a red flag you're just so understanding and so like this is how she's grieving this is what we're gonna do we're gonna help this customer not to mention mm-hmm. he even said at the end that like the uh funeral home had to eat up the costs for the death certificate they had to eat up the cost for cremating him mm-hmm. and to me it's like I don't know like you I think that he was just such in a headspace we got to get this done this is what she's asking for blah blah blah. and no one ever questioned like why why does Mm -hmm. she need like I mean what a great excuse you're from out of town but 
I mean, yeah. For that to happen so suddenly for someone so young, you think that it would have been yeah. um, questioned a little bit more. Yes. Hmm. So crazy. I just remembered I have I, another, before I read my story, I have another podcast recommendation because you just said oh, okay. that reminded me. Sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, if you are interested in that, in that story, as far as like how a crematorium is run, like what Uh you have to do, like stories behind it. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a book that I read and she has a podcast too. Um, She, she, uh, her name is Caitlin. Hold on a second. Caitlin Dottie. She's the writer and she um, wrote a book called um, smoke gets in your eyes. And it is about her experience of working at a morgue and working in a crematorium. And she talks yeah, about, um, about like dealing with the families. And I read it a long, uh, a while ago. It literally took me like a day or two days. Like I ate it up. I ate it. Yeah. I read it so fast. Um, but she talks about like a really heartbreaking situation that happened to her while working there. And then she talks <gasps> about how um, they'll cremate people and then they'll never get picked up. So you have these like unmarked, ashes that just hang out in the crematorium because you're just like hoping and waiting that someone's going to pick them up and then she talks about like how the machinery is ran and um, how you have to clean it out and all this other stuff that's involved with it it's just a very very interesting read from this person's point of view so yeah smoke gets in your eyes if you really like that that sort of thing and are interested in it you should definitely read it and then She has a podcast too. Let me see. Her podcast is called Death in the Afternoon. So yeah. Okay. I'll definitely subscribe to that. Let's see. Yeah. Cause like she's a mortician. Like it's just such an interesting, like, and it's hosted by Caitlin Doty. And then she's got two other, um, hosts Louise Hung and Sarah Chavez so it's just just all about death and all that good stuff (laughs) my favorite the other podcast I wanted to mention because it like actually just like triggered when we were talking um Mm -hmm. is called exits (coughs) exit scam oh it is about a Canadian man who was running a cryptocurrency a bank I guess I don't know what you want to call it uh but he was really young and he had Crohn's disease and he goes on his honeymoon to build an orphanage in India and dies but they discover that all the cryptocurrency that he had which was like millions of dollars had been emptied from the accounts before he left but oh he had a death certificate. He had his wife had his body taken back to this to Canada. They've never exhumed his body, but the a detective is working on the fact that people go to India or Croatia, different places, and you can buy a body for like twenty thousand dollars. What? You can buy death certificates, and you can just disappear. And they think that he left so and was on his honeymoon building an orphanage right? so that he would have a good like rep. But it turned out he had done a lot of scams his whole life. 
but uh, this was the most prominent and no one has seen or heard from him. And his wife got a lot of money and was able to do shit. But yeah, it's just, I, I'm all not, I mean, yeah, there's many, uh, there's more episodes coming out. I don't know if they're going to eventually exhume his body because that would be the logical thing to do to be like, whose body is in this casket? Yeah. So we can finally know if he's actually dead, but police aren't convinced that he faked his death. But wow. that's what I was thinking about. Like one, um, that would have been genius to freaking, which I maybe India is a place that doesn't do cremations, but mm-hmm. cream a cremated body coming back, or um, and then out of town. That's what triggered my triggered my uh, memory of the podcast because I was like, well, oh, okay. she brought a body back. Like, I don't know. It's just it's a lot of thought, <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't know. So, anyways. That's a Damn. very good podcast if you are interested in one that's mm-hmm. like crime adjacent. It's not like, mm-hmm. I mean, he stole, like, people put their life savings into that place. And oh, God. He fucking stole all of it. Ugh. Sounds like but, a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, he was doing the, yeah, what is it? Like, to my staff. Yeah, it was like, um, pay paul pay whatever like he would oh. take the money you know like the next person that would borrow invest from would, peter to pay yeah, paul exactly that's what he was mm-hmm. doing that's he and he got in trouble for one of his schemes but this one was the most prominent because they were another app had shut down that was bitcoin based so they were oh, the most prominent okay. bitcoin based place i don't know vince got god i love those fucking like things about like nothing nothing gets a guy harder than talking to you about cryptocurrency. <laughs> Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Oh, what is it with men and cryptocurrency? I have no idea. Men and call in, let us know. <laughs> yeah. Let us know what the hell, what is it? Right. It's like the new masculine. It's the new big truck. I'm into cryptocurrency. <laughs> it's the way of the future. You don't get it. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm going to keep my chase account. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yep. going to keep my little pennies here mm-hmm. <laughs> in my college checking account. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but he put my coins in my him. piggy bank. Aw. I moved my foot under the blanket and he like started pouncing. <laughs> Aw. I'm sorry, dude. You can't go out there yet. Okay. Anywho, let me tell you a story, guys. This week, I have the story of Carol Hutto. I think it's Hutto. Yeah, it's Hutto. If you say (laughs) it without pronouncing all the T's. Carol. (laughs) Which is like another, like, like another um, TikTok thing. Like Californians don't, they they put N's instead of T's or whatever, like mountains. It's not mountains, it's mountains. <laughs> you know, shit like that. Oh my god. I every single one they tested in that video, I did. Like Same. there was not there was not a word I didn't pronounce that way. Now I don't know what exactly. it is. If we can find it, we post it. But yeah, it was truly oh my gosh. I saw this thing the other day. Gosh, tangents, guys. Um, Here we go. Was, <laughs> Michelle, um, Michelle Collins, she has a podcast. And she does this Australian accent, but she always has to start with, oh no. Because <laughs> like, 
because they add R's to things. To Our, everything. Yeah, and she posted this Nicole Kidman, and it was all oh, I fuck. I'll have to find it and send it to you. But it was like, oh no, my it's like all these words I had R's. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> but listen, Sorry, Australians are just like Californians. We add letters so they don't belong. That's right. Also, uh, Mare of Easttown, the accent on that show is truly chef's kiss. I don't know how. <laughs> there are so many British people on that show. I was shocked when I watched like the interviews at the end of the series. I was like, you're mm. British too? What the fuck? I thought it was just Kate. <laughs> I was like, Kate just worked on this accent. But no, there was so many. Oh, such a good show. Guys, go watch fucking Mare of Easttown. Okay. Anywho, <laughs> Carol is 16 and your normal teenager living in Largo, Florida. She has a pretty good home life. Her parents are together and she has a half brother named Jerry. So on December 13th, 1976, this is a, this is an old story, y'all. Um, when Carol answered a call and then told her mom she was leaving and would be back in a bit, Norma didn't think anything of it because it's the fucking 70s, guys. Like, psh, get out there, Carol. Go have some fun. <laughs> it was a totally normal night. But when hours passed and Carol didn't come home, she kind of began to panic because this wasn't like Carol. Jerry, Carol's half-brother, had been out with his girlfriend that night and was super late coming home, so he was mostly worried his parents would be pissed off, but when he walks in the door and both of them are awake and not at all worried of the fact that he just came home late, he knew things were really serious. The family goes out to search for Carol that night, but find absolutely nothing because it's dark and it's difficult to find anything at night. So they decide to call police, but it's 1976, so police tell them that girls run away all the time, so there's nothing they can do. The next morning, they get back to the search. Jerry decides to look down the street at the, this home that had been under construction. There was a lake behind it, so Jerry just thought if Carol was hiding out, this would probably be the place that she would. He goes through the home, and when he makes it to the back of the home, he begins to see random pieces of clothing in the lake and follows them to where he finds Carol's body face down in the lake. She's in the water, but it's shallow water, and someone had put cement blocks on the back of her body so she would stay face down in the water to drown. Like, absolutely disgusting. Wow. So horrific. And absolutely horrific for Jerry to find. Mm -hmm. Jerry was absolutely stunned and in complete shock of what he just saw. Mentally processing first what he just discovered, his sister naked face down in a lake. And second, he now has to tell his parents what he found. Oh, no. I know. So when Jerry gets home, he just has a stunned, shocked face. Norma's so concerned. She starts asking him what he found. And he's not answering. She keeps asking him over and over, what's going on? What did you find? She then begins to shake him and he tells her everything. They immediately call police and Jerry takes them. Excuse me. Jerry takes them to where he found her body. Now this town was very small and Jerry, and Jerry had a bit of a history with police. Did he do dumb shit? Yeah. But would he kill his sister? 
doubtful. But police thought differently because he was the one that discovered the body and they really felt since he was the only he was only her half brother that maybe there was something sinister behind that. So they begin to question Jerry about that night before. And he admits that, yeah, he walked past the house that night, but he hadn't seen or heard anything. So police get tunnel vision completely on Jerry and begin to tell Jerry that they know he did it, but there wasn't motive or evidence to even support this. Once they look at Carol's body, they begin to, fig- they begin to figure out what happened. And she had been strangled and burned on her leg, but they're unsure how that even happened. But the most absolute horrible part was that they discovered that Carol was alive before she was placed in the lake. So oh had God. she not been placed in that lake, she, we don't know, could have been alive. Right. So they had found hairs on her body that we're not connected to her. So it's the seventies. So the DNA testing really isn't there, but they are able to at least get under a microscope and determine that the hair does not even match Jerry's. But by then in this small town, that didn't matter. The damage was done. He lost all of his friends and people believe that he had killed his sister. You hear so often from innocent people who police target, which completely understandable. Like if you want to like peg someone for a murder, like, yes, we want to get it solved. But at the same time, it ruins people's lives when they don't come back to clear up that that person is no longer a suspect. Mm -hmm. And it's so devastating to a lot of people's lives. Like I can't remember what podcast it was that I was listening to, but, um, it was about this this girl, little girl that went missing. Oh, maybe it was Jacob Wetterling. But it was about this kid that went missing and apparently the person that kidnapped him um, went down this one specific driveway, stopped, realized it was a driveway and turned around. But police got hyper-focused on the fact that this teenager was home alone that night and they pegged him to be a pedophile put it out in the news and like all this stuff and the real killer was actually discovered but because it was a small town like the whole town he's like in his 40s and people think he's a pedophile and -hmm. it's just like can you can't do that to people's lives yeah like they always come out with what they think and then they never come back and retract right so this is like this is sadly one of those cases where police got on tunnel vision and never apologized for being wrong which you know like yes police make mistakes like they're gonna focus on a specific suspect that i don't know they don't apologize all the time but at least retract in a small fucking town yes so thankfully in this case at least jerry did not get arrested and convicted of something that he did not do but sadly you know it was it ruined his life in this town but beso- mm-hmm. beyond that the worst side effect of having tunnel vision as a police officer is that this case they didn't have any other suspects they oh. focused so hard on jerry that they did not pers- they didn't like pursue anyone else mm-hmm. so this case went cold for 20 years oh my god yeah so it's like that also is a horrible i mean it's the 70s they didn't know there's a lot of unknown you know education for police and detectives but 
oh, it's just like so annoying. Oh, another <laughs> side note, I was listening to, um, God, Predators and Parks or Predators. I don't know. I'm never going hiking, but I always listen. And it was basically, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's uh, about predators that like attack in national parks. And oh, okay. uh, they were ta- she was talking about, it was in the fifties that these three women went hiking and their husbands could not get a hold of them. And they finally got a hold of the receptionist at the hotel and they went to the room and the women had never come back to the room. And so they finally um, find the bodies and they use a blow torch to melt the snow around the women's bodies. Oh my God. It's all, let's just clear out this area, clear any DNA evidence. Yes, let's just any DNA, fire it up. camera and film that they burned. Like, oh, oh my God. It was just like, wow. Yeah, I don't think you you're imagine? gonna need that. They did eventually. They did eventually solve it, so that was good. But it was just like a blowtorch, people. <laughs> I know that we need to clear the snow, but I definitely know it's not with a blowtorch. No, <laughs> like, not. They at just all. wanted to use a blowtorch. I don't know. <laughs> wild, wild. But anyways, mm-hmm. this was the '70s, so it was similar times. So in March of 1994, Officer Brad Hoyce gets injured on duty. And due to this, he ends up on desk duty. He gets really bored and decides that he should make the most of his desk duty and decides to start going through cold cases. There, this is where he, when he comes across Carol's case and decides to dive right in headfirst. He reads through the file and cannot understand why police allowed this case to go cold. They had complete tunnel vision and potential suspects. The potential suspect was so obvious to him when he read the case. He had seen who it was immediately. See, Carol kept a very detailed journal. And in the journal, she spoke of of a secret boyfriend that she met near a fucking lake. Hmm. Interesting. Did she say it's my secret boyfriend? No. She says my boyfriend's name is James Ken. But Carol called him Jimmy. Okay. But she fucking said his name in the journals. Mm Mm-hmm. Due to being on desk duty, Officer Hoyes gets the help of Detective Short. So in the journals, Carol would say that Jimmy wasn't all that good. She would express that Jimmy wasn't very nice to her sometimes. And actually, she even went on to give locations of other places that they would meet up. Like she kept such details. Wow. It was it was just like wild. Mm -hmm. Like even 90s cops are like this is like a gold mine (laughs) yeah exactly and 70s cops are like i don't know is it the brother like come on so they discovered that jimmy had actually been interviewed in 1976 by the police jimmy said that he wasn't that close with carol and hadn't seen or spoke to her that day it was an easy lie because the whole relationship was secret right Mm-hmm. it's never discovered why it was a secret or maybe carol's parents were strict she's not entire- there nobody really knew why but mm. there's one little hiccup to his lie because something police fucking knew at the time when norma to- norma told police she thought carol had gone to meet up with jimmy because jimmy had called the house and she knew this because she was the one that answered the phone 
And she said, she answered the phone and the other person on the line said, hi, this is Jimmy. Can I talk to Carol? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> they could have yeah. led fucking breadcrumbs and the police would have been like, hmm, I wonder who was on the call. So... <laughs> police had all the evidence right there so carol and jimmy talked for a while on the phone she hung up he called right back she said okay be there in a moment carol told her mom hey i'm leaving so why police took his word over anyone else's in this entire case i have no idea so just because people have a rap sheet or don't have a rap sheet you don't know who's capable and incapable of murder we hear mm-hmm. so many stories where people are like, oh, Joe Schmo down the street, he's a fucking angel. No, he fucking killed his wife. People mm-hmm. hide in plain sight. And police were just so consumed by the fact that Jimmy had a rap sheet and they were like, it's him. So now that they knew who their main suspect was, they needed to find him. James Quinn was now 40 years old and a Navy petty officer. There are apparently different types of ranks with petty officers, but I'm not entirely sure what rank or what type of office, like if he was a good officer, like if he did a good job in the Navy or what. But um, once they find him, they go to interrogate him because they know more than he thinks they do. They Mm -hmm. go to his naval base and he immediately pretends to know absolutely nothing. He pretends he doesn't even remember her and begins to make jokes that were pretty demoralizing. After getting him to think they were good cops, they then go in with a new direction. They ask him, hey, do you want to start over? Because we know a bit more than we think you think we do. He, at this point, will only admit to being with her that night, but nothing more. Okay. So due to Jimmy being in the Navy, this case crosses over with the NCIS, which is the Naval Criminal Investigation Unit. They assist in getting jimmy's dna so they can test it against the hairs that were found on her body and they actually helped to interrogate him and the navy has a bit of different rules when it comes to interrogation so they begin their interrogation or investigation on july 15th 1998 they basically give jimmy an out and they're like look accidents happen they know that strangulation doesn't happen. They're with us. They know that he 100% did this on purpose, but they need him to give an inch because mm-hmm. he just needs to confess in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so after hours of him silently being interrogated, he begins to cry and says that he killed Carol on accident. Oh my she God. She had tripped and fell while they were in the house and she was unconscious when she fell. He checked her heartbeat and couldn't find one. So he panicked and took all her clothes off and then put her face down in the lake and put cement blocks on her so that p- the police would think that a monster killed her. Oh my yeah, God. Bitch, a monster fucking did. Did like, kill her. Yeah. Like, yeah, wow. you nailed it. Like, how is that your, like, obvious? I, I don't, he never admits to what happened that night, but the amount of evil that mm-hmm. goes from strangling someone then demoralizing them by taking all of their clothing off putting them in the lake and then putting cement blocks on their back like 
the levels of just, ugh, just Mm -hmm. so evil. So thankfully, after going to trial, which I don't know what the fuck he was thinking by pleading not guilty, maybe he wasn't giving uh, a plea deal, but the prosecution brought a very solid case in, and it only took the jury 25 minutes to convict Jerry of first-degree murder, and he was sentenced to life, unfortunately, with parole. Mm -hmm. Norma believes that he should die in prison. He didn't give Carol a chance to get out of that lake, so he shouldn't get a chance either. Which, honestly, yeah. Had he not put those cement blocks on her and even just left her in the house, Carol might be with us today. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely horrific, horrific wow. story of Carol Hutto. Poor thing. That's so sad. Ugh. It's. it's I always, like, wonder what the thought process is, like, when someone hurts themselves or like gets hurt in your house and your first instinct is like, well, they're dead. Guess I got to cover this up. It's like, how did you get there? What was your, how did you get from A to B so quickly without any other alternatives? You don't want to take her to a doctor. Like, I guess not because he's most likely the person who like did something really terrible to her and then said that she just tripped and fell. Like, like, you know that's not hello, the story, like, but like you know, like strangulation, like that shows. Hello, yeah, it's just what gives uh, gives you the right, exactly, <laughs> to make that decision. Oh I don't God. know. Wow, truly well, hopefully so he stays horrible. in prison. Yeah, agreed. Forever, agreed. Never. Yes. All right, guys. Well, that's, that's that. It was really nice hanging out with you again. and you know we're gonna work our best to summer is here rachel could have surgery but we are gonna work our absolute best to continue giving you guys weekly episodes and thankfully we'll see you guys next week for Mm -hmm. another horrible story so see you there goodbye bye